Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition, TGIF, the Friday edition of the drive. Hope everybody doing well. Boy, the clouds look like they're rolling in. Uh, enjoy, I, t- I told you, enjoy this weather that we were having there for a few days. Uh, it looks like it's going to rain and rain a good bit over the weekend and into the early part of next week. So just be ready for that. But uh, we're here to talk whatever you would like sports-wise. Bill, Coach Don Dunn back in one more day here this week. Really appreciate it, man. It, it's it's great having you in every day, Don. Thank you. Getting it's, used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I really appreciate you guys letting me come in, and uh, I hope uh, not not wearing out my welcome. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No, we, we, we love having you in here, and uh, we'd love for you to join us. You can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, which is uh, presented by Skybar. That number is 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the drive text box. That's brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. Quite a bit to talk about here today. We'll keep you updated. Auburn softball, softball season underway. And uh, the the Tigers playing a couple of games here today. We will uh, keep you updated on that as we move on through here this afternoon. We're a week away from the start of Auburn baseball, and today we, we had an opportunity to talk with the, the, uh, the, the guys really behind the pitching, uh, new pitching coach Everett Tieford and former uh, pitching coach and now director of player personnel, Scott Foxhall. Uh, and, and if we get a chance, we'll play some of that as we're a week away. We're a day away from a big, big basketball game down in Gainesville. We have talked about the fact that Auburn has not beaten Florida in Gainesville since 1996. Don, we were we were young guys yeah, back then. Yeah, 1996. Golly. Wow, that, that's hard to believe. But I know they don't play every year. We were talking somehow, you know. It, it, well, it, they play every year. They play every year, but it's sort of like in football. One uh, they're, they're not one of the teams that Auburn plays twice. So generally it would be one year at Auburn, the next year down in Gainesville. I got you. So still, but that's still a long time. Yeah, that's, that's 27 years. Wow, that's a long time. Big game. Uh, I see where Tennessee is projected as the number one seed. So if we keep taking care of business – and we got a big game with Tennessee down the road. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, a lot of opportunities left for us to keep moving up. And oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, big weekend again. We hadn't even mentioned the Super Bowl. There's so much going on on campus. That, no, you're right. Yeah. I'll tell you what else is going on on campus tonight. Auburn, Alabama gymnastics. Oh, man. 
Wow. <laughs> when when we were we were over there uh, twice, I was over there for um, Coach Pearl and then baseball, and both of those were in Neville Arena, and they're getting everything all ready. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, wife and I uh, went out last night to, uh, to, to, to get something to eat, mm-hmm. and uh, um, the place we had, where we went – uh, there, it didn't seem that busy, but then we found out that the Alabama gymnastics team had all been in there to eat. Okay. So they had taken up like an entire area right. and it's like, gee, that's why you didn't see as many cars, but it still yeah. was, it still was pretty busy. So yeah. yeah, there is a lot going on. Um, all right. One of the, wanted to get to this one here right off the top of the show. Cause this is, this is surprising news. You and I were talking about this just before we came on the air that signing day was Wednesday and expect some moves in the coaching ranks following that. Well, one that I didn't see coming, we had heard that Chip Kelly was looking to get back to the NFL. And we talked about the fact that there might be a lot of coaches interested in the NFL, but there are only so many jobs in the NFL. Right. And the NFL can be pretty darn picky. Right. They can be, I mean, they can be very choosy because they know that there are a lot of college coaches that would love to get to the league. Right. I mean, all, you know, uh, Jeremy Garrett, one of the one of the guys who uh, was fortunate enough to uh, to be able to move up back up to the NFL as he's now the defensive line coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And oh, by the way, today Auburn did make it official. I saw that releasing uh, that that they have promoted Vontrell King Williams to defensive line coach. But the big news today. Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach, <laughs> informed his players today that he was leaving to take another job, and that other job is as offensive coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So um, Ryan Day just you know just recently had announced that he's gonna, he's not going to call plays anymore, and it was expected. Uh, I think he was expecting to be able to hire Bill O'Brien, right? as his offensive coordinator. But Bill O'Brien uh, looks like he's going to be Boston College's next head coach after the Boston College coach left to be <laughs> the defensive coordinator of the Packers. Right. Yeah, I mean, so follow follow the dominoes exactly. as they go. But this one, to leave a head coaching job, and UCLA is moving to the Big Ten. Yeah. So he is he's leaving a head coaching job, and it's not at a, you know, nothing school. It's UCLA which is now moving to the Big Ten to be the offensive coordinator of Ohio State. Yeah, that that baffles me, to be honest with you. Uh, when I was a coach, your goal, most goals of an assistant coach, was to be a head coach in college. That is a major right. job, a major conference that he's going into, great place to live, beautiful campus. And to take LA. a position, we're talking Hollywood. Yeah, to go I to mean Columbus, Ohio. Nothing against Columbus. Oh no, no. I mean, but it's yeah, it's, it's a little different in the winter. Oh man, wow. But that shocks me. I mean, I'd, I'd heard the pro stuff like we had talked last week, but I don't know. Now that's going to be another what thirty day portal for the UCLA. Yeah, kids. UCLA players now have thirty days <laughs> that they can jump into the portal. So, um, I mean, that is. Uh, that's that's wild to to think about, and you know that that every all these teams we've been talking about adding general managers and whatever. Right. Everybody is very aware of every player 
on that UCLA oh, yeah. roster because they're all they're all fair game now. Right, and they were decent, uh, not great. No, they got better yeah, though as the did. year went on. They did, and I feel for the assistant coaches. That's who I always think about. Me being an assistant coach all those years, some of those guys are going to be out of jobs now. Oh, yeah. Because there's no guarantees, and uh, I have not heard a word about – I guess it happened so quick. Yeah, it's just happened this afternoon, yeah, so, so uh, who but knows? I did see the AD said 96 hours he would have a guy in place, so he's got a list like we talked. They all do. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They, they want to try to salvage that roster, keep that roster from yeah. completely – leaving and all every one of the players now I don't know if they signed anybody on Wednesday but every player on the roster or that signed Wednesday can leave yeah and be eligible anywhere this year so that is uh that that is just crazy to to think about um what all could happen right there with those players entering the portal so Big news there from from uh, college football. So um, you know who, who knows who knows if if uh, you know if if any of those players could wind up. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see some of them moving to the SEC. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so so that's something going on. Hey, we do want to let you know uh, we, we've got a lot lined up for you here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Uh, Barrett Selly making his return to The Drive. He, he had a, a family issue come up last week, so he will be joining us here and in just a few minutes. We're going to check in with Barrett. We'll get his thoughts on that Chip Kelly move, college football. I mean, the, the craziness mm-hmm. that is going on with college football, get his thoughts. I mean, with with the uh, signing day come and gone, if there was anything of note from that, I would imagine. I would imagine the biggest the biggest news from signing day was Ryan Williams going ahead and signing with Alabama. Probably, yeah. I didn't see a whole lot of uh, headlines of anything else that you know really um, you know re- really caught the eye or or had. Uh, uh, you know, was was headline making. All right, I was mentioning the, uh, the the Auburn softball. That ball game was tied. If I'm not mistaken, that ball game it was it was tied at one. Auburn took a one nothing lead in the bottom of the fourth. Virginia Tech, which had already won eighteen to one earlier today, uh, scored a run in the fifth to tie it, and the game stayed scoreless into extra innings when Virginia Tech put up a seven spot. <laughs> Virginia Tech knocks off Auburn in the Tigers opener by the score of 8 to 1 and Auburn I believe is going to play Belmont. Yes, they're playing Belmont uh in their second game today. Other games um over at the uh Jane Moore uh, Jane Moore Field. Let's see. I mentioned Virginia Tech. They beat Illinois 18 to 1 and mm. Auburn 8 to 1. So a great first day for for the Hokies. Oregon Knocked off Wisconsin 5-1. And now you'll have uh, Belmont and Auburn, and then Illinois and Belmont will play. And I mentioned uh, gymnastics coming up tonight uh, with, with Auburn hosting uh, hosting Alabama. That'll be a huge, huge meet over at Neville Arena. All right, we're just getting underway. We'll go ahead and get to our first break here. And uh, then when we come back, we're going to be joined – by Barrett Salee. So stick with us. We're just underway here on the Friday Drive. 
Born and raised in online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and uh, again, Dan on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team. They've got a game at Bowling Green this weekend. He'll be back in on Monday. So once again, uh, very happy to have Coach Don Dunn sitting in with me here this afternoon and Drew at the controls. And we're also very happy uh, to to bring back uh, somebody. You know, folks have been asking me, when are you going to get Barrett back on? And it's like, hey, he, he's got some things going on in the afternoon while we're on the air, so we can't do that. So uh, we're, we're glad that, that he has adjusted his schedule just so he can be back on with us here on the drive. Now, a uh, good friend and uh, a great uh, college football analyst, a pretty entertaining guy as well from college football scattered and smothered is Barrett Sully. Barrett, how you doing, man? I'm great. Good talking to you, Bill. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. And uh, there have been a couple of things that have happened since, uh, since we've been on. But, I mean, just today. I've got to get your thoughts on Chip Kelly leaving his head coaching gig with UCLA, which is joining the Big Ten, to go to to go to Ohio State as offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing if you're UCLA, right? Like, it's one thing if Chip Kelly's looking around at NFL coordinator jobs, right? Like Jeff Hafley at Boston College. Like, okay, right. um, it kind of sucks, but, you know, Chip Kelly doesn't like recruiting. I think we all know that, but... You know, so, okay, you, you tolerate it. He's going to have to do more recruiting as Ohio State's offensive coordinator. And so you can't use that excuse. So, um, you know, I, I, UCLA is a mess from a financial standpoint, from an administrative standpoint. Um, that's no secret. Uh, Ohio State with Ross Bjork probably won't be as messy. Right. But it, it, it's, it's, a la- it's, it's a step back in terms of title. And I think it's a step back in terms of what – Chip Kelly wants to do professionally, and yet he still made that decision. So, man, how embarrassing for uh, for UCLA. And if you're Ohio State now, you're thinking, oh, he made a mistake hiring Bill O'Brien, which I thought was stupid to begin with. He gets the job at Boston College, right. and you upgraded offensive coordinator in a big way. So, I mean, think about all that's happened at Ohio State since uh, the end of the season now that's positive. They get Caleb Downs. Um, they get Julian Sayan, they keep Travion Henderson, they get Quinshawn Judkins, and they fix a mistake at offensive coordinator. Uh, they might they might actually win it all next year. Well, I mean, they, they sure look uh, like they've made some serious improvements and, and added some some really proven talent as well as some you know superstar potential there. It's obvious that that they're uh, that they're much more in NIL wise than they uh, than they were. At least that's what it appears like. Yeah, you know, you know, Ryan Day said, what was it? I guess it was, I don't know, eight months ago that you needed twelve to fifteen million dollars uh, to to be good in that department, to, to be competitive in that department. And at the time, it kind of felt to me like it was like a poke, like a prodding the the, the power brokers, like, hey, y'all need to give me more money. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. he got that money. Yep. <laughs> because, well, you know, and, and since yeah, since then, Michigan wins the national title too. That's not in, That's not an insignificant help, yeah. factor. Yeah, there's no doubt that helps. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now with Ohio State because uh, Michigan's going to take a step back. Oregon, without Bo Nix, 
you know, we'll see what they are. The Dylan Gabriel thing, I don't know. Um, and, you know, USC doesn't have Caleb. So if you're, if Ohio State is somewhat decent in the Big Ten, it might be easy to walk through that Big Ten this year, or next year, I should say. So uh, it's going to be fascinating, that's for sure. Oh, you're not kidding. Talking with Barrett Salee. Uh, Barrett, before we, get, uh, before we get into a little bit more, just tell everybody about uh, what you've got going now, about the uh, um, college football scattered and smothered. Yeah, went, uh, went independent trying to uh, restart a, um, a podcast that I thought was very – well, not I thought the statistics are very successful back between yep. 2016-2018 called SEC Smothered and Covered. Uh, went college football national with it. Started uh, February 1st. We are uh, just two weeks in, a week and a half in, and uh, the, the response has been, been really fun. So, yeah, you can follow um, College Football Smothered and Covered on uh, YouTube, Rumble, uh, Apple – Spotify, Google, Amazon, you know, wherever, um, it's up there. So uh, really pleased with the response so far and uh, love doing it and can't wait to see what it turns into. Man, I'm sorry. I was I was at Waffle House yeah, just, just a couple of days ago. I got into the scattered, <laughs> smothered and covered. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I yeah. I hear you. Uh, man, there has been – there have been so, so much turnover – not just, I mean, players and coaches. Crazy to think that three of the four teams that were there in the playoffs have new coaches uh, coming in. Uh, but, but I mean, for here, folks around here want to know what you know what to expect from Kalen DeBoer now that Nick Saban is is uh, moving to the uh, to the four letter word. I think with Kalen, you can expect a, a, that to be a very well coached team. You know, he's a winner, and I know no in question. Auburn, you kind of look back and say, okay, outsider Brian Harson, that didn't work out well for us, and that's true. But I think Kalen understands what the lifeblood of a program is, whereas Brian Harson did, didn't or didn't care to actually work hard at that de- in that department. So, you know, I think that's the offense is going to be ultra-dynamic. I've talked to a few NFL scouts, and they all say that, hey, Kalen's offense is um, – the one that's going to get you ready most for the NFL, like around the country, bar none, period. So there's that aspect of it. Game management in the SEC, a little more pressure, we'll see. Um, but they're going to be competitive. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think they'll recruit fine. Keeping Ryan Grubb for now as the offensive coordinator is huge uh, because him and Kalen are, are so close and they think the same. Uh, if, if Grubb leaves, then that – might change things a little bit, but mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to see Alabama be a, a juggernaut. You're going to see them be one of the most uh, competitive teams in the SEC, but um, the dynasty's the dynasty's dead, and it's been dead for a while. But uh, this it's, a, it's basically a full-on reset uh, of a program that still has enough talent and enough structure, winning structure, winning tradition to um, still be at or near the top of the SEC pretty much on an annual basis. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Ryan Grubb looking like uh, they dodged a bullet there. The Seahawks uh, moving in another direction there, hiring the Cowboys uh, assistant as offensive coordinator. At least that's the way it looks like. So uh, they he's finally there in Tuscaloosa because word was a year ago that Nick Saban wanted to bring in Ryan as his OC before he hired Tommy Reese. Yeah, and Ryan Grubb turned it down. I think that makes more sense now. Yeah. It kind of worked out well for, uh, for Washington and Ryan Grubb to have uh, – have that cast of characters offensively for Washington last year. So, yeah, he's he's a good coordinator, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Jalen Miller, that's for sure. 
you know, it it really, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be really interesting as we, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody is is so tied in and so close and follows college football so closely and wondering and and we really don't have any idea what is going to happen next. But there are sure some signs that that uh, there had better be something done to try to create a little bit of structure there in NIL and the transfer portal, as it's so obvious that that coaches are wanting uh, they're wanting uh, to to have a little breathing time and and know what the future holds. That's why so many of them are looking to move on to the NFL. Yeah, uh, you know, and Jeff Halfley was sort of the first not- the most notable, I guess. Uh, but I've had multiple coaches tell me that this is going to be a much bigger deal if things don't get straightened out. And not even coaches jumping to take coordinator jobs, uh, just flat out retiring early. Yeah. Just saying, you know, I'm out. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I got my money. I'm, I'm done. And so I think the flip side of it, though, is you're going to have some more established coaches and assistant coaches fail, but you're also going to have Younger guys get mm-hmm. more chances quicker at the college level. So I, you know, I'm interested to see what that does. It might not do anything. But if you've got younger coaches, players who were, you know, play, people who were players two, three years ago, on the field as, you know, official members of the 10, 10 coach crew, that might just, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to change anything, but it, it just might be a different dynamic that we are aren't necessarily thinking about right now um, that, you know, might change from, from a recruiting standpoint. It might change from an NIL standpoint. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, though, because something needs to be fixed. Oh, there's no question about that. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts um, on, on Hugh Freeze and some of the changes he's made in his staff. Well, I think the, the biggest thing is that, that the play calling, he's taking over some of the play calling seems like that was there wasn't a lot of synergy there mm-hmm. uh, but again sort of he's getting younger too with with some of these guys you know he's I think he recognizes the importance of having um, coaches on staff who can relate and um, that is I think something that he's done a pretty good job of throughout his career but um, I, I think it was clear that there was it was not a harmonious staff last year and I think that might have led to some of the ups some of the downs you know, playing Alabama and Georgia close, but also losing to New Mexico State. And um, I think having a having a staff that gets along from a personality standpoint is uh, way better than having just the best ten guy. And and I think that's kind of seems like that's the goal this off season for you. That and uh, there, there's no question that recruiting is very much at the forefront uh, when he's making hires, when he's looking at the immediate future, because. Uh, you, you've got you've got to try to do something to uh, bring the talent level closer to the top teams that you're playing. Yeah, and they've done a really good job of that. Uh, obviously, last or Wednesday, two days ago, was kind of a non-factor at this point. Uh, but working ahead, being able to work ahead towards the 2025 class um, and during the month of January, I think is is really going to help you because there is more stability now and. You're going to have a bunch of players come around during the camp season and see um, just what what Auburn's all about. And you know, a lot of those guys might have been on the planes for Georgia for or for Alabama. And you know, you guys were there. I was there for one of those. I mean, that atmosphere is nuts. And 
So I think having the ability to have one year under his belt and say, look, we need you. Clearly we need you. Um, that's that's going to help that program for sure. Speaking of signing day, a couple of days ago, what can we do about this? I mean, there's got to be something um, to, I mean, to, to, to handle the number of players that want to go ahead and, and make decisions early, but it needs to be somewhere away from that time when playoff teams are getting ready and players are jumping into the transfer portal. It, it seems we, we've got to do something. What, what would you like to see? I don't see why anything was wrong before. Just do away with the early signing period altogether. Allow players to sign financial aid agreements and enroll early and have National Signing Day on the first Wednesday in February. It was fine before. And it, 10 years ago, the idea behind the early signing period was to let those players who had been committed for three years go ahead and sign and get it out of the way before high school, before their high school senior season. Yep. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of that goal, you know, while we were developing this, um, this new system. So just get rid of the early signing period. And if you have to have it, Put it on July 1st or August 1st. I don't see why that should not be difficult. And if you want to have players enroll early, great. Let them, just like you let them before. And have financial aid agreements and have them sign their national letters of intent on the first Wednesday of February and be done with it. And the the transfer portal window has to shrink, too. Yep. I understand you kind of have it bigger and the winter so because players play bowl games at different times and all that stuff i understand that idea the execution is terrible just make it one week nice clean tidy let and shorten the 30-day window after a coach leaves to 15 days 14 days two weeks whatever uh 30 days i i understand the reason for having that window um but it doesn't need to be 30 days no because now ucla players have 30 days to uh to jump in and by that point, some teams will be midway through spring practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Auburn's starting spring practice in uh, two and a half weeks. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Already? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it is, man. It's, it's, uh, it, it is year-round. That's, that's why you gotta, you've got a great thing there for everybody. Once again, let everybody know about college football smothered and covered. Yeah, it's a uh, podcast going to be mostly daily, going to be live on YouTube and Rumble, and then uh, audio version will be up shortly after those live broadcasts go down. Um, so yeah, it'll be, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I have having a great job, uh, time doing it. Uh, it's on YouTube and rumble. Uh, just search college football, some other covered, uh, Apple, Spotify, all those places as well. If you need to know where to, uh, where to get a hold of it, it's always, uh, at the top of my social media feed on X. Just look at it. It's pinned and, uh, subscribe, subscribe early, subscribe often. It's like, it's like po- uh, politics now. Vote That's early, right. Vote often. That is exactly right. Well, we'll head them there too as well, Barrett. Best of best of luck in in this endeavor, and uh, we look forward to having you on every week as well. Thank you, too, Bill. All right, man. Take care, Barrett Salih. Great guy, uh, very talented, and uh, yes, college football smothered and covered is his new gig. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We're going to talk with Coach Sonny Smith when we come back as we shift to college basketball. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. New.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio and Drew at the controls. We're uh, efforting Coach Sonny Smith, see if we can uh, talk a little uh, with him, if he's got his voice back. I would imagine that is really tough. Uh, it, um, just I, I said I was a little bit hoarse just from talking to the folks around, around me. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, when you're, doing a, when you're doing a broadcast, you've got headsets on. But, I mean, it is so loud sometimes with the headsets. You know, a lot of times you'll have there, – there will be the need for a crowd mic. You didn't need crowd mics. You didn't need crowd no. mics for the basketball game Wednesday. As a matter of fact, you try to turn those down a little bit because the crowd noise can be so loud in your microphone that you can't even hear yourself speak. Right. Uh, on the way home, the radio broadcast, uh, they were – sound like they were screaming, Coach Sonny and uh, – and the broadcast was, you know, it was so loud. And then the announcers on the TV mentioned that they could barely hear themselves yeah. talk. Yeah, I mean, it's it that's that's really the yeah. way it can be. Yeah. So, so I can uh, see where you'd lose a voice. Oh yeah, uh, because, well, the thing is, when 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 everything around you sounds that loud, you force and make it sound even louder when you really don't need to. Right. Uh, it's something. It takes a, it takes a lot uh, of time. Takes some experience. Before you realize, you know, you can turn the microphone up or you can get a little closer to the mic. Right. I mean, uh, that that's one of the things that I'll tell some uh, tell some young folks when they get started. If their voice starts to go or if they're a little hoarse, mm-hmm. don't force it. You can just go a little softer and get closer to the mic. Right, right. That's f- – Oh, okay. Sonny, Sonny, it's, uh, Sonny may be busy right now. Um, uh, we, we will uh, – we, we can check with him a little later maybe. Uh, we, but we'll see. We've got uh, we've got plenty going on here this afternoon. So we'll open up our phone lines, 334-321-1390. Uh, that is the uh, Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. Or you can call us, or you can, excuse me, or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. And we'll get to the Drive Hotline, and Bill is up first. Hey, Bill. Hey guys, uh, Coach. Uh, I was going to ask Coach uh, uh, a question. Uh, you may have already talked about this guy on the show, but uh, why in the world would would Kelly leave the OC job uh, to uh, and then go to? Uh, I mean, leave uh, UCLA. Yeah, leave a head coaching job. Well, one, the the first thing, the most obvious thing was Bill. He wanted out at UCLA. I mean that that has to be obvious. We had heard for more than a month that he was talking or letting NFL folks know that he would be interested in returning as an offensive coordinator. I had no idea that he'd go, you know, um, as an offensive coordinator in college because there's no question that's a step down. Yeah, I, I, Bill, I'm I'm confused too. I, I don't understand it. Like uh, we were talking earlier, as an assistant coach, your goal or when I was coaching, everybody wanted to be a head coach eventually. And then when you get a good job, which I think UCLA is, I don't know the ins and outs, all jobs have their own problems. But for him to go in, stay in college and in the same conference now, and, you know, if Coach Day doesn't beat Michigan and have a great year, he may be out of a job again. So I'm like you, Bill. I'm completely surprised. And I don't understand why, but I'm sure he has his reasons. 
Yeah, and I, I got my wires crossed to when I uh, when I first talked. So, but another one, even more bizarre, is why would uh, uh, and uh, Coach Dunn, you you know you better you were around a long time. You know why these guys make some of these moves? But why in the world would uh, hmm. would uh, O'Brien leave the uh, the offensive OC job at? Ohio State to go to a graveyard for coaches at uh, Boston College. <laughs> I, I guess. A lot of it, I'm going to be very honest, is ego. Well, that that's to be a head coach. To be a head yeah. coach. Uh, they they all think they're going to be the next, you know, uh, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban, Pat Dye, you know, Suge Jordan, all the great ones. And I I don't know. I mean, uh, to get back into that and fighting the portal and, and all the stuff that's going on now, I, did, I thought that was crazy too, Bill, but who knows? Could could have uh, could a guy leave? I mean, has the could the portal uh, turn around a program like? Uh, it's not a knock on Boston College, right? If yeah. I, if they have the resources, I mean, they'd need to have you know the 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 NIL, the money, yeah, <laughs> to be able to do so. Yeah. Maybe maybe so. Maybe they could become a power there in in the Northeast. Yeah, maybe. But that, that, that's that's pro football territory. No, it is. But there's got to be. But they they you know they've got some they've got some high school talent there. You know, within a few hundred miles of, of Boston. If you can get them, if you can get them to go there, I mean, that's true. That's, yeah. It's not a knock on Boston College. It's a tough place to coach. I'm sure Coach Dunn and all your, your career, you, you know. That. So, yeah, I've been at some places. It's very tough. <laughs> and you you do the best you can, but yes, you're, you know. I just, I never, I even, I, I don't. There's no way in the world I leave uh, the OC job, Ohio State to go. <laughs> well, that's, I college. think that's just something Bill O'Brien wanted to be a head coach. Yeah, again. that's it. He wants to be a head coach, and uh, I'm like you, Bill. I, that's two moves today. I don't understand at all. Yeah, I, I, and I bet he called you, <laughs> Coach Doug, at once you enjoy my BC. I don't believe you'd go. Yeah, uh, I might go, but my wife would probably divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's leaving Auburn. <laughs> well, that's way too cold for you up there. Anyway. Oh yeah, you just, you, you I've lived over at the country. I, be yes, sir. I coached at Montana State, and that's all I got. All I wanted. So, uh, and I was a lot younger then. So how how retired life, Mr. Cameron? Are you adjusting well? Did you miss university? I haven't haven't missed no I haven't missed it terribly I mean the thing is I'm still on all the email lists so I'm getting to see what what all is going on every day I was thinking about it today it's my first full week not to be there because last week you know Thursday and Friday was uh, was the start yeah. of retirement so it's starting to I will say this I slept I, I slept till around nine o'clock this morning I have not done that <laughs> even on weekends. And I don't know how long. I could probably get used to sleeping a little later than I have been. <laughs> yep. Haven't gotten the first check yet, and I'll let you know then <laughs> how much I'm enjoying it. I'm, uh, you know, I may need to be, uh, you know, looking for a job. Well, you were at the university a long time. I'm sure retirement will, will be sufficient. Yeah, I hope and, so. Uh, I'm nervous about. I'm nervous about that first check. I just how much they take out and everything. <laughs> You better be careful about that sleeping late. You may uh, rival Dan Peck for sleeping late. Yeah, uh, no, I'm way past those days. I used to be able to do that, but that was back in the days when I was staying up till uh, you know well after midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, weren't we all? Well, guys, I enjoyed the show. Thanks for being inside, Coach Dunn, and uh, thank I you. Really enjoy your your your, uh, your you've been there and done it. It's always good to hear talk somebody who's done uh, what you've done. Thank you, sir.
Good hearing from you, Bill. All right, have a good weekend. Uh, 334-321-1390 if you'd like to join in here on the Friday Drive. We do have we have some more audio that we will uh, try to get to you. I tell you what we're, we're going to do. Drew, did, did, did it sound like we uh, might be able to check back with Sonny? Uh, okay, well, I mean, that that's fine. Uh, if, there, if there are things going on, there's plenty for us to be talking about. Let me go ahead and give you some of the info. As I mentioned earlier, Auburn officially announcing Vontrell King-Williams as the uh, – uh, defensive tackles coach, defensive line coach for Auburn. In uh, the release, we do know now for sure there had been speculation about the responsibilities of the rest of the defensive staff. Uh, DJ Durkin, the defensive coordinator, will be the linebackers coach. Uh, Josh Aldridge, who had been the linebackers coach, will coach the defensive ends. And, uh, you know, the that would be defensive ends and the Jack, Edge, whatever. Right. So both defensive ends. Right. Uh, Charles Kelly is the safeties coach, and Wesley McGriff is the cornerbacks coach. And those are positions, Those all of those coaches are very, very familiar with. They have coached them all for multiple years in the past. I like the way, I like the makeup of this staff and the experience and nobody, I mean, obviously Vontrell is the least experienced, but he has been a defensive line coach for two years at Eastern Michigan before he came to Auburn this past year. Yeah, he, he'll he'll do a good job, he'll, uh, a great job. He'll know what to do. And like you said, he's got great guys around him with a lot of experience. I think you said the other day, Bill, that all these guys have been coordinators. Right. <laughs> so that's a plus. I like their setup. I like the, the structure of the defense, how they're doing it. It's a lot like we did when I was here at Auburn. You know, Terry had the outside defensive ends. I had the inside right. guys. We had a linebacker coach. We had a secondary coach. So uh, I like that. And uh, I, I'm again, I'm so fired up for this young man, the way he's done it. Let me read you some quotes from Hugh Freeze about Vontrell King-Williams. He says, Vontrell is an incredibly hard worker, passionate about his craft, and earned the respect of his players during his time with me at Auburn and Liberty. He has a tremendous upside. It reminds me of the likes of Jeremy Garrett, Trey Scott, and Freddie Roach, who all worked for me early in their careers. We were talking about that. He's yep. he's he's had the knack of spotting some young. some young up and coming coaches uh, while while he was at uh, uh, while he was at Liberty. Um, they they finished number eleven in the country in total defense, uh, number twenty two in scoring defense. He uh, helped mold four Liberty defensive players that were uh, that signed NFL free agent deals. Um, let's see. It seemed like there was another there was, there was another quote or two in here. I know a couple of the players uh, have have really responded well, and uh, one of the one of Auburn's commitments for this coming year said he was he was thrilled said that's my man that's yep. that's yep. the reason I'm at Auburn right. I'm coming to Auburn is uh coach Vontrell. Yeah, he he had so much input uh you know even though he was not on the road when those kids came to campus and when he made contact with them you know he built up a great relationship. Again, I think it's a great move, a smart move um by coach Freeze. And I'm excited and look forward to watching him. I'll try to get over there and watch him spring practice. Well, what you know, what, what I ought to do is uh, I'm sure before long we're going to have an opportunity to uh, to meet them. 
I, I ought to drag you over there with me yeah. since since you're doing, yeah. you know, yeah. you're, you're media now. Yeah, yeah. You can get over there. But I, I'm the guy. But, I but used you to should cuss. get. You should meet. You should meet him <laughs> and meet the guys. I'm yeah. sure they. I'm sure they'd and love I, like I said, to get together with yeah, you. Yeah, uh, uh, Brent. Yeah, he's invited me, and 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 I'm going to get in touch with him. I told him I would wait. I didn't want to bother him when they didn't have a full staff. I didn't want to bother him during recruiting, or, or but I'm definitely going to try to make it out. This may not be the worst time. Yeah. I saw. Did you see? I saw the uh, saw the uh, Instagram picture of, uh, of of Hugh and and his wife down at uh, going out. He said it's uh, way overdue for oh, yeah. date night. Yeah, like I said, those guys probably hadn't seen their families, but you know maybe kiss them goodbye and, out. Yep. and get a cup of coffee on the way out. And they're always in bed when you get home, and the way that. It's the way it always is and will be, but they know that. But again, I think it's a great, great uh, hire, and I'm excited to see them work. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Again, we've got some audio from Bruce Pearl that we'll let you hear. We've got our regular Tiger takes. Uh, again, uh, we we couldn't get up because they were practicing yesterday while we were on the air so dylan cardwell spending a little time with jacob goins we've got that interview we've got some baseball we can run as well but again your calls come first 334-321-1390 come on in and join us here on the friday drive at reynolds outdoors they're all about hunting and fishing and loving the to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Friday afternoon. Super Bowl weekend. Yes, everybody. Uh, I was I was just hearing some of the numbers about the billions of dollars being spent on uh, beverages and mm. snacks. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, and that's... and. That doesn't even touch. Uh, that's the tip of the iceberg. Just imagine if you were there and trying to get wow. get tickets and hotel and and food and transportation and and I saw yesterday a show. I guess it was the awards, NFL awards. Uh-huh. I only watched a few minutes of it, but there were people there that they interviewed. They just went out there. They're not going to the game. They don't have anything. They're like tailgating. Well, it's you know, amazing. with some with 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 the view you get from some of the seats, right. yeah, it seems like you might as well go out tailgate, yeah. hang out, yeah. watch on a big screen yeah. in the parking lot right. or something, but, as opposed to spending thousands uh, of dollars to get into the nosebleeds. And those suites are what cool, outrageous, yeah, crazy, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Just a quiet Sunday, and I'm gonna cook some uh, chicken wings and try some new stuff and. Uh, well, you, first of all, you you're gonna, you're, you got to work tonight <laughs> yeah. because I, I guarantee I, yeah. you there'll be some folks yeah. that want to uh, want to take advantage, want to yeah. go ahead and yeah, hit need, countries yeah, for the weekend. Got to get your orders in or come by tomorrow and pick up some uh, barbecue for the for Sunday. They're open Sunday till three, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. Uh, but it's amazing how much money and revenue is is uh, generated from this game. Just think back. I can remember the first. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the, oh, the I, Jets. I, 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 I the remember first two with the. Packers. I remember yes when it was the when it was just the. Uh, it wasn't the Super Bowl. No, it was the NFL AFL Championship game. Right, and it was the Packers and. Uh, 
The Packers and the Chiefs and the Packers and the Raiders. Right. And, uh, and then, of course, the third one's when Joe Willie yep. made his prediction. That kind of kicked him really know. off. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember yeah. Max McGee right. from Bart Starr. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. man. And uh, But just the the price of a commercial. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. And, and my, now. That's what we like. My wife loves the commercials. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> and it's going to be interesting because there are some different sponsors for the first time yeah, this year. Yeah, You've got uh, Because of the Swifties. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. The demographic is expected to be different than it's ever been. To reach out They're going to that. be more, they're expecting, you know, more female viewers. Right. A younger demographic. Wow. So there is some... Uh, products that are aimed specifically for women yeah. that are going to be uh, on Super Bowl commercials. I'm, I'm hoping they're entertaining. Oh, yeah. That's all I wait. Oh, That's yeah. all I want. Oh, I, I want some it. I, I want some it. to make me laugh. Yeah. Like the old Miller Lite commercials. Remember oh, I used to love Ben those. Davidson and all they those to, characters. Those. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. funny. Uh, Bob Euchre and all that. Let, let's see. I, I want to see some original uh, humor. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, so there's so much to be looking forward to there on Sunday for the, the longest pregame in, oh my in gosh. television. Yeah, they, they're they betting on everything, too. Uh, I saw today on the Today Show this morning, you can bet on how long the national anthem is going to be <laughs> by Reba McIntyre. Oh, I didn't know uh, Reba yeah. was doing it. And, uh, and you know, what is it going to be heads or tails? You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on just about yeah, everything. what time the first commercial is going to be in the game. Just crazy stuff. But one time in uh, when I was out at uh, – at, uh, well, I was a GA at Tennessee. A guy on the staff, Doug Matthews, who's in radio yeah. in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. Doug was our running back coach. And he and his wife always hosted a Super Bowl party for right. the staff. And they had this big board. And we could bet, you know, like a dollar, I think. And it had all those questions. What time's the first kickoff? What quarter will the first fumble? It was really fun. And that way you watched and it got all the wives involved and stuff, you know. Sure, and, they may and, not have yeah, known or yeah, cared about and, the game. And, you know, you put in maybe $25, but it was fun. Oh, yeah. there There's so many different things. We love your thoughts. I mean, what do you like the most about uh, Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, if you don't care about the teams, there's got to be something because uh, it's, it's going to be on everywhere. <laughs> All right, we will uh, get to our top of the hour. We're halfway done. When we come back, when we have the opportunity, if we don't have calls, we'll let you hear Bruce Pearl as he met with the media previewing the Tigers' trip down to Gainesville where they haven't won in 27 years. And then at the bottom of the hour, Dylan Cardwell with Tiger Takes. But all around that, Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Halfway done here on the Friday Drive. To the weekend, be prepared. It may be a pretty wet weekend. But, uh, you know, we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Got a huge basketball mid-afternoon tomorrow with Auburn traveling to Gainesville to take on the uh, Florida Gators. Bruce Pearl today calling them a sleeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are... They are a combination that could be very difficult for anybody, but especially, I mean, but Auburn, I think in particular, they've got a 7-1 guy and a 6-11. They play basically two 7-footers. Right. And they also have some guards that can score uh, pretty well with experienced guards against Auburn's inexperienced point guards. And at home, 
think about this, and and he he mentioned this, and I was thinking about this as well. The the atmosphere we've seen the last couple of ball games for Auburn at Ole Miss. Well, we saw it at Mississippi State. You saw it in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Then you saw it at Mississippi State. You saw it at Ole Miss, where those teams, the fan base knew this is a huge ball game. But Auburn really had that type of feeling Wednesday night, knowing that you lose that ball game, you're probably out of it as far as trying to win the SEC regular season. Not you're you're not officially eliminated, but it's going to be tough because you would have been, for all intents and purposes, three games back of Alabama. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but it's a it's a big game, and I'm sure Coach has worked them hard. Because coming off an emotional big win at home, you always worry as a coach about a letdown. Right. Which you cannot have Reading a letdown. Reading your clippings. Yes, yes. Patting yourself on the back, all those coaching uh, terms or whatever. But, uh, yeah, now Auburn is the hunted. They are. Uh, you know, they, they everywhere they go, uh, in the last couple of years, people come out to see them, try to beat them. And it's an early afternoon game. Uh, yeah, two thirty. Yeah, which is an advantage uh, for probably Florida. Probably coach would have rather played earlier, maybe eleven o'clock. Game, oh yeah, because you don't want to get them all juiced up too much. But yeah, it'll be a big time game, a big environment, hostile crowd. Well, Florida is a team that uh, uh, you know is is there sort of close to the bubble, if not on the bubble. Uh, they're they're five and four in the conference, and they've had a week off. Oh, I, I mean, Auburn. Know yes, that. I mean, yeah. every team has a break. Auburn's got theirs coming up after the Kentucky game. Okay, you know, after South Carolina and Kentucky next week, Auburn has a week wow. until they go to Athens. Florida has had a week getting ready for Auburn. Yeah, and this is a huge game for them. They can beat Auburn with all the analytics that Auburn has. It would be a huge boost for their postseason uh, hopes. Yeah, you know, they had a big win at Rupp. I mean, they yep. can play, and uh, the the size will be interesting. The two big guys. Yeah, so we'll let you hear some comments from Bruce Pearl as we move on through this hour. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, here in hour number two of The Drive, which is brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. Dot com And we'll get to the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. And Jeremy gets us started. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, good evening, guys. Uh, trip, the trip to Gainesville, I rarely do have – I think we run into an issue this year where it's like you worry about your apartment guys getting in foul trouble. Yep. But it, that, that may be the difference tomorrow is which – which set of big guys can can avoid that? Um, because if either one gets in foul trouble, uh, Florida Florida could probably absorb it a little bit better than we could. But you get Janai and Dylan, especially if, if both of those two were to were to start racking up some fouls with Florida really pounding it in, like that that would be the hardest thing for us to overcome. Yeah, and Janai and Jalen, uh, you know, hasn't hasn't been as effective on the road as he has at home. And Janai's been one who's been sort of prone to slow starts. So, I mean, that's the thing. Weathering the storm, I think, early, not picking up some quick, uh, you know, some quick fouls, 
that, those are a couple of big, big factors, I think, for tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Um, have you all touched much on the Chip Kelly? Yeah, we opened up talking about it, <laughs> and then we had Barrett Salee on with us uh, at hour number one. That is a crazy thing. That tells you how badly he wanted to get out of UCLA. But I think it, it also, it also I think, goes to the current situation that you have with NIL transfer portal and the the expectations or responsibilities that are put on a head coach. What do you think about it, Jeremy? Well, that, that's that's what I, where I was thinking, and I was going to ask Coach Dunn the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you really just wanted to coach ball, like if that's really all you wanted to do, I I can understand it. How old is Chip? I don't think he's as old as we might. Think. No, no, no. I, maybe fifty. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that either. But, uh, yeah, um, I thought it was a shock. Um, we were talking earlier. Um, when Actually, I was, he's 60. 60. was still young. Uh, but um, your goal, I always thought, you start out as a graduate assistant, work your way up to a position coach, a coordinator, then you want a shot to be a head coach. So I don't understand, other than what Bill said, maybe the pressure of being a head coach, all the things that are involved now with the, the portal, the, the money involved, uh, the, the people leaving, having to recruit your own people every day. It might have been just too much. But I thought and heard he was going to the pros like Bill. Well, I think he earlier. wanted to go yeah. to the pros. Now, one of the things that Barrett said was the administration at UCLA is just a mess. Oh, well, that's probably another okay. reason. There's probably yeah, a reason. I, I, I didn't know. I don't. I didn't know anything about that. Um, yeah. You know, I I I just think you could see more than you know. You're 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 Mickey Andrews types guys. Those those guys are gone. Guys that right. That that are perfectly content to be a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator. Coordinator. You're you know Norm Child types. Mm-hmm. That, those those guys just aren't around anymore. But I. I, I was I was shocked. Like, yeah, you know, me too. UCLA is going to the big team. Yes, right, right. Um, I, I, I just you know, I, Ima- imagine I'm, the unless- UCLA players, if any of them stay, who are thinking we're going to play against the guy who recruited us as the play caller for for, for another team. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. And uh, but you know, we were talking also, Coach uh, Day. If he doesn't win next year, then there's going to be a coaching change at Ohio State, and he's got to beat Michigan. There's no two yeah. ways around it. So I don't know. I, I'm like you. I was completely shocked when I heard that on on the way into this afternoon. All right, guys. Appreciate the call, Jeremy. Thank Have a good you. weekend. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get to break early, and that way we'll uh, we'll run some Bruce Pearl when we come back. Love for you to join in, though, 334-321-1390, as we continue here with the Friday Drive. Uncle T-Bone here at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Don Dunn, 
Dan should be back on Monday, and uh, we will. Uh, we may have some news about Monday's show as well, a little bit uh, to to let you know. But let's see. Um, uh, thanks, Floyd. Sent me a uh, a story twenty four seven had uh, written up. Why did Chip Kelly? A story about why would Chip Kelly leave UCLA for an offensive coordinator job? I mean, UCLA twenty five and thirteen over the last three years. That's the best three year stretch. Um, since the 80s outside a run from Jim Mora hmm. uh, from 2012 to 2015. But but obviously he wanted to get out. And, uh, I mean, there was, there was a lot of talk about UCLA boosters wanting to fire him before the season started. Hmm. So he didn't have a whole lot of support. Right. And uh, uh, UCLA – this is hard to believe, but UCLA's um, – Income, athletic income, their revenue, according to the Knight Commission database, would rank last among the public schools in the Big Ten. Wow. So they are the the most money-poor team in the Big Ten. That's crazy, isn't (laughs) it? Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, uh, Oregon brought in $50 million more than the Bruins. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State more than doubled. Ohio State almost tripled. Uh, UCLA's money, so so they don't have that NIL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's just difficult. So uh, uh, that's that a couple of the reasons why Chip Kelly just felt like it's time to time yeah. to bail. Yeah, time to go. Yeah, yeah. So that that uh, again, just crazy when I saw that earlier today. Though I expected to see him, yes, offensive coordinator somewhere. But I thought it'd be in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the way it looked last week and even up till today. And I, I thought it was a misprint. I said, yeah, me Ohio too. State. I thought it was one of those crazy, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but so, he definitely wanted to get out, Bill. Oh, no and, question uh, about it. And it'll be interesting who they can get or who they will go that after. Right. But there'll be some guy <laughs> out there that thinks he's going to win the national championship. Well, somebody's going to have an opportunity yeah, yeah. at a prestigious school. Right. And a great place to live, other you're, than the traffic. You're right. And, <laughs> and the, the travel's going to be hell. Yeah. <laughs> from yeah. I mean, and that now that they're in the Big Ten, oh my. Go from there to Rutgers. Golly, I mean, just the thought of most of the places they'll have to travel to. All right. Wow. Uh, let's as we mentioned, and we've been talking about the Auburn Florida matchup tomorrow afternoon, two thirty. Chad Pruitt was in his second year of coaching high school basketball. Ira Bowman was a player at Penn. Bill Clinton was president. Monica was still his intern. Um, <laughs> um, gas was $1.22. And that was the last time that we beat Florida at Florida. That's a long, long time ago. Um, it tells you a little bit about the history uh, of, of, of Florida basketball. Right, it's as much a compliment to Florida basketball uh, as it is anything, really. I mean, uh, I've not been able to go down there and beat them at Auburn, um, and um, and so it's a monumental task. Um, I have thought, and I still think, that Florida is a sleeper. Um, I said it pretty early on. Um, not just because Todd Golden was my f- my dear friend and former assistant, but and I think they know it too. They've already played Kentucky twice. They've already been to Tennessee. 
Um, and we only got a two-game lead on them right now, and obviously if we only play them once. It's that their place this year. Um, they're in it, you know. Um, this will be, like I had said about Alabama, and I don't know where, where Todd has, where, what he's talked about publicly yet, but like I said about Alabama, that, that was the biggest game of the regular season for us we've had in a while. We had to get that one. Otherwise, Alabama gets a two-game lead on us, and we, we don't think we have any chance to catch them. I thought we played with that urgency. Uh, I think Florida will do the same. I think they'll do the same on Saturday. Our math is so good, um, and the win could mean so much to get them in a, a way better position be, as far as being in the tournament is concerned. Um, and uh, I think you know they're good enough. Um, they got great guards that can really score it. Older, um, they got a huge athletic front line. Uh, they're the number two offensive rebounding team in the nation. And if you take their home offensive numbers, they're the seventh best offense in the country. If it's just at home. So, um, and yet I think we can get on there, and I think we we, we will we have a chance. Um, I guess the only thing else that I'd say about you know, where we are right now is obviously ha coming off the heels of a second half against Ole Miss and two halves against Alabama. But you're probably the three best halves we've played all year. I'm going to go back and remind our guys about what we were like, you know, at Alabama or at Mississippi State or even at Ole Miss in the first half, which weren't very good. The body of our work against the best, you know, on the road is still not very good. It's, and it's not good enough to beat Florida unless we really step up. Florida has had an advantage. They've been out all week, which is really interesting. I like the bye. We get one in about a week. But, boy, a Wednesday night game and then travel Friday and then play them Saturday when they haven't played since last Saturday. It's, that's that's quite an advantage, and um, so, anyways, oh. questions. Bruce, I was going to ask you about just some of those recent games in Gainesville recently, and the Mustafa team and Samir and Jabari. Is there anything specific about going down there, or is it just is every game sort of been its own struggle and its own animal? Yeah, I think every game's been its own challenge. I think our first few years we weren't good enough. Um, believe it or not, Billy Donovan was still coaching my, you know, down there. Um, and then we've gone down there a couple times with good enough teams to beat them and haven't been able to. Um, and uh, and again, part of it is you know, I don't know that we've. It'd be hard to check back, but. I'm not sure we'd never lost. We, when we went down there, it wasn't an NCAA tournament team we still lost to. In other words, I don't think we ever lost to a really bad Florida team down there. Right? That's another interesting one from Arlene. She's on a she's on a, on a ride to Gainesville, so we'll call her and tell her to get her on that research. Bruce, you mentioned it Wednesday night, but Florida's number two team in the country in offensive rebounds, and I know that's been a big key for you guys on the road, especially and, and having that travel. How do you think the guys have kind of stepped up to that in the last couple, of, especially since the Alabama Mississippi State losses? Yeah, yeah. done really well on the boards. Well, it's been a it's been a focus. You know, the, the film is tough to watch when you when we have those breakdowns. It, it it doesn't give us, you know, universal 
look, there's a reason why they are. They've got they play two seven footers and and uh, they've got really 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 long. That's the one thing when we walk out there, you know, they're going to be bigger and taller and longer at almost every position. Baker Mazzara, Chad will probably be longer than than they are. He's longer than almost everybody. Um, but I think the rest of the guys will be our front line. Every every everybody on our front line will be they'll be longer, um, and and are clearly our ones and twos. So um, yeah, we recognize what they do. They they run good. They're really good offensively. They run really good stuff. Um, their open corner stuff is really good and hard to guard. And um, and they play with great confidence at home. They shoot the ball from three extremely well. They play really fast. They play really fast. And so we got to get back in transition and and uh, see if we can get all five guys back and have a chance. As we kind of get into this now more, I guess, longer stretch of, of, of Aiden struggling with, with, with his uh, three-point shot, you've obviously had several guards like him that just, you know, shoot a lot of threes. Slumps happen. Like, they're, they're really talented players. How, how do you coach yeah. a freshman like that through yeah. a struggle like this? So, so I could probably, on one hand, count the number of bad shots Aiden's taken all season. Now, he's probably taken more shots than others would think maybe more than that. But I think it's going in every time he shoots it, even if they're bad shots. <laughs> that's how great a shooter he is. And that's how hard he works at his shooting. Um, and so uh, he, knows that he, he knows that we and he had that confidence in him. And I still want him to, you know, be able to do it. And he's worked so hard at the other aspects of the game where he was behind coming in as a freshman. He's worked so hard to become better defensively and to check out his position and to get our, get our guys into their offense. Um, and he's taken on that responsibility. Look at his assist turnover ratio. Um, and so I'm, he'll make shots. Bruce, obviously, you know, Castleton over the past, you know, couple of years was a really consistent big guy for them. Now they've got Samuel, and I know Han Logden was a guy that you, you were, you know, interested in, in the portal. What did you like about him in the offseason, and what do you like about what their front court's doing right now and how Jalen and Janai are going to match up against them? Yeah, they're, I mean, um, you know, Samuel's one of the most athletic bigs in our league. Again, veteran, older. Um, all their seven-footers are, are athletic, run the floor, Block shots um, are are inside outside guys. They're not doing as much on the perimeter of those bigs as I think they thought they would. I think they thought almost all those bigs were going to be real pick and pop ready guys. They're pick and pop guys now, but they haven't put up those numbers yet. But I think they can. They will. Um, I think I think their big young guys are all really good prospects, really good prospects. But they're still they're still a little younger uh, as as freshmen or sophomores or things like that. Samuel's right. He's ready. And he is, you know, he's obviously bouncy. And they block shots and they, they, they tip dunk and they, 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 they run to the rim and rebound a lot of the misses that three or four outstanding guards shoot. In a lot of ways, they remind me of Alabama uh, in their guards. But, but they've just got a little longer front line. And, and uh, there's some similarities there. You and Todd obviously have a, a long, great relationship. Just talk about how that plays into pros and cons as you uh, prepare for each other. It, it, it is, it's a great question. It has nothing to do with preparation, nothing. Uh, it just doesn't. 
Um, I'm no more familiar with with how he's what he's doing than 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 anybody else. It's it's a new year. It's a new personnel. What they're doing now, they did some of last year. It it, it so therefore the preparation is no different. The emotion uh, is probably a little different. Uh, you know, five minutes before the game and a few minutes after the game, and that that that's it. I want him to do well. I want I want Florida basketball to do well. Um, and I want to beat the pants off them on Saturday, and I mean both. But um, it, it it really has nothing to do with the preparation at all. Bruce Trey, uh, since he's gotten back in the starting lineup, that that assist to turnover ratios you know got done really well. He scored a lot early on. Just how pleased have you been with him kind of taking on a, a, that charge, especially especially early in games? Well, I mean, I think you got to take what the defense gives you. That's that's what. That's what good guards do. That's what good players do. And so, um, interestingly, against a, a Trey, Alabama was sort of in a drop coverage, uh, not impacting him, which is not as much about respecting him as that's just how they chose to guard him. Sometimes you change it up. But with, with Aiden, they, they hit him every time. They, they blitzed him every time. They, they impacted him, which means that they didn't want to leave him a chance to shoot the ball. And so um, – you got to take what the defense gives you. Um, Alabama dropped. Trey got into the lane and, and used his pull-up game and got to the rim and used his athleticism. And, and um, you know, uh, it was fun to see Trey play with that with that kind of confidence. I think the other thing was the focus on the defensive end. Let's, uh, let's not forget, Alabama scored for, like, I think the first four or five possessions that they played against ahead. And, and, and you know, that puts a lot of pressure on your offense. Well, our offense was able to handle it here at home uh, to the tune of 55 points against Alabama in the first half. That's not happening in Gainesville, Florida. It's not. So as a result, our defense better keep us in the game um, if we have any chance to go down there and make history. A couple more. You mentioned Todd a bit. I guess now that he's in his second season in, in the SEC, I guess how have you seen him kind of develop as a head coach from, from when you had him on your staff to, to where he is now? Well, he, like, and I mentioned this I mentioned this yesterday, our, our staff's doing a terrific job. Um, the scouts have been, uh, have been great. Um, the player development piece led by Ira Bowman has been great. Um, you know, the scouting um, – you know, between Stephen and, 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 and Chad and, and Mike, um, you know, obviously Ira, uh, Corey, Maddox, Ian, they've done a nice job. Um, and uh, so the reason why I answered the question that way is I remember Todd. He, 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 he had a really good offensive mind, a great analytical mind. Um, and, and he was a really good player. I mean, he played point guard at St. Mary's, you know, for one of the best coaches in the country. Um, he then coached at Columbia and uh, at San Francisco as an assistant, but a coach at Washington State right now who's recognized as one of the better coaches out in the West Coast. And, you know, he, he, he's had great preparation, I think. And he's really – so look, he's a smart kid. Um, and uh, he's one of the best young coaches in the country. Bruce Pearl meeting with the media a little earlier today as the Tigers heading down to Gainesville. Again, a 2.30 tip 
tomorrow, 2 o'clock airtime on Wings 94.3. I said we might have some news about Monday's show, and we do. Uh, the Monday edition of The Drive. Dan should be back in town, and we will be at Franklin Tire. Looking forward to being over there with David and the gang. It's been a while since we've been there, so uh, make sure that, you know, if you want to stop by and say hello, uh, we will be at Franklin Tire on Monday. When we come back, it is Tiger Takes. Yesterday, Auburn basketball practicing, getting ready to go down to Gainesville, and Dylan Cardwell couldn't make it on with us. Jacob Goins... Uh, had a little time this morning, was able to catch up with Dylan. We will have Tiger Takes when we come back here on the Friday Drive. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Friday Drive. And, uh... It is time now for a special edition of Tiger Takes. Normally Thursdays, but Auburn basketball practicing yesterday. Dylan Cardwell couldn't be with us, but uh, Jacob Goins was able to spend some time with the uh, senior big man today for Tiger Takes, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, joined by Dylan Cardwell, Auburn Basketball Center for Tiger Takes here in our weekly segment on ESPN 1067. Dylan, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, we got a lot to talk about coming off a big win over Alabama on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, let's uh, let's dive into that win. You were coming off the win over Ole Miss over the weekend, and I want to start there because that was a really, really tough environment, a tough game uh, for you and, and this entire Auburn team, and, and you went in and did something that nobody has done yet this season. You go on the road and you beat Ole Miss and their place 91-77 to thanks to a 56-point second half. Man, what was that win like for you and your team? You know, it was electric, you know, just being there for the guys. It was understanding that Ole Miss is really good early um, because they have such a great starting lineup, but we just knew that, you know, they couldn't, you know, hit the shots on the stretch due to fatigue because those guys are playing, you know, 35, 40 minutes each. So um, we knew that they were going to give us their best shot, and they always play well against us at home, and we just kind of just stayed the course and made sure that, you know, we just stayed right and ready and understood that, you know, it's impossible for them to continue their highest score like they did in the first half. Well, the first time around, you guys, when you hosted Ole Miss, like you mentioned, uh, you beat them 82-59. to 59. Were you able to take anything from that game against Ole Miss into the game on the road last Saturday? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, well, I think it was a different Ole Miss team we saw because they didn't have sharp playing. So there was less shot blocking whenever T.S.A. was out of the game. But everything else was kind of the same. Um, we just knew, we knew that Matthew Morrell was going to be um, a main target for us because he's always played well against us, and he's really good at home. He averages like 23 points at home and 11 points on the road. So we knew that he was going to be a different player that we saw than from what we saw the first game. So there was more of an emphasis on him um, to keep him from getting going. <sighs> 
And, you know, you look at that Ole Miss game and you look at the stretch that that you and this Auburn team are, are going through right now as we're going to talk about the Alabama win in just a second. But at Ole Miss, home versus Alabama, at Florida this weekend, which we'll get into as well, South Carolina at our place, Kentucky at our place, at Georgia, and at Tennessee. Man, that is as tough as it gets in the SEC uh, when it comes to just the one of the most crucial stretches of the season. Yeah, you know, it's exciting um, to play this, this kind of schedule because you kind of get to see what you're made of during the stretch of the season. So um, we're all excited, we're prepared, but we're thinking one game at a time and kind of just being where our feet are. Man, I love to. I love talking to guys like you because you know you. That's your. That was your first reaction. Was it's exciting? We want to play in games like this where Dylan. There's a lot of guys that they would look at that and think, man, we got to play Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama. Like guys, there are some that would get a little scared and a little worried about that, but uh, doesn't seem like that's the case here. No, no, it's just another opportunity to kind of you know showcase who you are, and obviously. Um, just get to dominate, dominate the competition and kind of set yourself apart, you know, to leave the discussion, you know, in the um, room of who the SEC champion should be. Speaking with Dylan Cardwell here on Tiger Takes on ESPN 106.7. And for the second time this season, Auburn gets a top 25 win after the Ole Miss game. You come in and get that top 25 win with Alabama as they come to town and the Tigers take down the Tide 99-81. to Man, before we talk about the game in particular, just walk us through the emotions of this type of a game where you're coming off the loss to them last time at their play. You get them back at Neville. All the Auburn fans were fired up, ready to go. You got students camping outside 40 hours before the game. I mean, that's what makes Auburn basketball special, right? Yeah, it was amazing, you know, just getting to see those kids, you know, out there so early. Um, you know, I was out there when they first got out there. I was just like, why are you guys setting up? You know, like the game is <laughs> like, relax. And they were just like, it just means something to us. And so we just knew that the, the, it meant a lot to the Auburn family. And obviously, um, we lost the Iron Bowl in football in horrible fashion. So that left a bad taste in Auburn fans' mouth. And, you know, we haven't beat Alabama in three basketball games. They beat us three straight. So it's, like, it's been a while since we've beaten Bama in, a, in, in any sport, really. So um, it meant this game meant a lot for us, and it meant a lot for the fans. And that's why we, you know, went out there and almost put up 100. <laughs> Yeah, and I saw tons of videos of, of you and other players and, and Bruce and, and Steven and so many other coaches out handing out, I mean, all sorts of food and snacks and all types of stuff out there in Tent City. Yeah, you know, just keeping them guys well fed. And, uh, we couldn't keep them showered, but uh, we did the best we you know. That's right. Well, hey, they showed up and showed out, as did the Auburn fans. And most importantly, Dylan, as you guys did as a team, dropping 99 on Alabama on Wednesday night, taking down the Crimson Tide 99-81. to What was different about this game than the first time you guys played back in Coleman? Really just understanding that we lost in Coleman because you know, we beat ourselves. We turned the ball over. We didn't close out on the shooters. You know, we didn't really respect their scouting report for some odd reason. And we just kind of paid more attention into detail to that, to boxing out, to, you know, being there on Rylan Griffin's catch and making sure that, you know, he doesn't get going, run off the three-point line. And so that's all the difference really was. Um, we didn't do anything. I mean, obviously hit a couple more shots and stuff like that. We scored more points. 
but at the end of the day, you know, it's all about defense. It is about defense. And, and even though Alabama scored 81 points, it didn't really feel that way, right? It didn't feel like Alabama scored that many. And, and heck, they had 41 points in the first half, but you guys had 55, and that's an impressive opening half. And then you outscored them in the second half as well, 44 to 40. And I really think what set the, the standard for the rest of the game, Dylan, and you can agree or disagree here, was the Katie Johnson stop on defense at the end of the first half on Mark Sears. That really just said, okay, Auburn is ready. Auburn's here to play. And you guys locked it down the rest of the way. Yeah, it just it just set the tone for us the game. I agree because you know it just it sends them with a message into the locker room that we're not we're not you know, we're not soft. And so um, I love it. And that's that's a play that we needed. You cannot answer yourself on this question. You're not allowed to say Dylan Cardwell. Other than you, who is that energy guy for for you this team? Whether it's on the floor, in the locker room, before or after the game, who is that guy that just really gets everybody fired up? Not that you needed any extra motivation against Alabama, but who is that guy? Um, probably Katie or Chad. Uh, Chad tries to be Mr. Motivational Speaker, but obviously he doesn't speak good English. Does he? <laughs> does he give you motivational speeches in Spanish, and you just kind of run with it and hope it says something yeah, good? It's just broken English. It's just like <laughs> trying to pick up what you're putting down. Like, <laughs> you can feel the energy, though, right? You, he's coming from a good place. The passion's there. There you go. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. That is really, really great. Dylan Cardwell joining us here on ESPN 106.7. Four Tiger takes Auburn, takes down Alabama 99-81. to What does this win mean? I mean, I think it's the biggest win of the year so far for you guys. And you even up the series with Alabama. You're now tied at the top of the SEC. How does this help you moving forward through this tough stretch that uh, is coming up? Yeah, it just gives us an opportunity to win an SC championship and give us, you know, a good seating in the SC tournament. Um, you know, we put ourselves in a position um, to win our, to win the league to win the league after this game, and you know, our Alabama, <clears throat> Alabama had a chance to separate themselves, and really, if they would have beat us, they would have had you know a pretty easy schedule the rest of the season, and almost pretty much won the SEC outright. So. We realized that we didn't want our rivals to win the SEC, but we also realized that we wanted to win the SEC, and we had to win this game to get there. How much does – I mean, is that something that Bruce just preaches day in and day out about winning an SEC regular season championship, or is that just sort of known that, hey, this is the goal that we're working towards? Yeah, he always says championships in general. He never says, he never says what kind of championship, and he didn't really say anything about SEC championship until we kind of started out, you know, five, six, seven, and zero or whatever. So, um, the beginning of the season, his his focus was not SEC championship; it was more just championship in general. Yeah, and kind of put us in position to go out there and win the championship. Well, you guys are playing championship level right now. Auburn taking down Alabama 99-81. to 81. You look ahead. We mentioned the stretch coming up at Florida this weekend, Dylan, and I don't have to tell you and this team how long it's been since Auburn has won a basketball game in Gainesville. But that's a tough Florida team right there in the middle of the pack of the SEC. What can you tell us about the Gators? Yeah, you know, they got three, four really amazing guards. Um <laughs> Apparently, they're going to be a mix of Texas A&M as far as offensive rebounding, the second-best rebounding team in the nation. And then as far as pace and shooting-wise, 
they're, they they mimic Alabama. They don't shoot as well, but they've played in the same speed. So it should be a really good game if we're as locked in as we were against Alabama. We should we should end up you know competing very well and put ourselves in a position where we should win that game. Um, but it's going to be a tough one, especially with that crowd. We don't know what kind of crowd they're going to bring in. So you know, they're playing they're playing good basketball right now, um, and so they're, they're looking good. Yeah, they've got five guys that average double-digit points still, and that's something that not many teams in the SEC or in college basketball can say, and, and it's almost like pick your poison on defense on who you have to stop. Yeah, exactly. So um, you just go out there and really compete. Each and every guy has to compete to stay in front of their guy, and so that's what we're looking to do. I like the comparison of it's a mix between a Texas A&M on the boards and an Alabama shooting style. Definitely not the the shooting ability, I wouldn't think. Doesn't mean they can't shoot by any means, but they play that same way. And so, I mean, do you focus on one more than the other, Dylan? Or do you try to – for you specifically, obviously, on the rebounds and things like that, but just for the team in general, I mean, is there one specific area that you've got to win on Saturday to take down the Gators? Rebounding. That's really it. Oh yeah, we gotta win. Gotta basically limit their offensive rebounds. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Um, I think, you know, offensive rebounds and, you know, for a team like Florida that shoots the way they do when they shoot long jumpers and three-pointers, right? You know this, long and and kickoff rebounds get a chance for transition. You got to get it in the hands of your guards like Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson who are playing really, really well. Yeah, exactly. So we got to make sure we're locked in and understand that, you know, not every round is going to be easy, especially when they have such athletic long guys. Dylan Cardwell with us on ESPN 106.7 as we talk a little Auburn basketball. You've got Florida on the road this weekend and in the midst of this stretch, home next week versus currently number 15 South Carolina and then home versus number 17 Kentucky, man. How do you how do you keep your head on here? How do you keep your head low going forward trying to go through, uh, again, what I think is one of the toughest stretches of the year? Um, I just don't think about it to be honest. I don't really. I didn't even know our schedule until until you told me. So I just doesn't. <laughs> none of my none of my mind. I take it one game at a time because all you can control is today. That's right. So, yeah. No, I yeah, like that, man. I like that a lot. I mean. You know, you take it, one, yeah, one game at a time, focus on the game coming up, and, uh, you know, you got to focus on on that game against Florida where it's been a long, long time since Auburn has won down in Gainesville. Dylan, we appreciate your time, man. Um, safe trip and safe travels down to Gainesville, and good luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you, War Eagle. Tiger Takes proudly presented by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at Also Law. Dot com And we, we uh, thank Jacob for getting with uh, Dylan Cardwell. We will uh, uh, be back for our final segment in just a couple of minutes. And we've got calls holding here on the Friday Drive. Yellowwood knows that a five-star backyard is the place to make lasting memories. Like cookouts. Um, cornhole with friends. Ooh, a neighborhood potluck with your wife's pasta salad. The one with